Good day, what's up? It's Aiden Jones. You're listening to Sitting Under a Tree for Tuesday, the 20th of December, 2022. I got a bit of a sniffle. Again, man. Fucking again. Fuck off. You know why? It's because I did drugs on the weekend. Uh, on Sunday, I fucking, I'm in Adelaide, you know, I met up with the crew. We had a bit of a rave. And fucking maybe I put some beers up my nose, all right? Maybe that's what I did, you know? Is that a crime? Am I not allowed to do that? It's literally illegal, but hey, give it a crack, man. If you're like a young kid, you know, if you're like 10, 11, and you're listening to this, have a go. (laughs) How are you? You guys good? Everyone feeling strong, natural, Big juicy naturals. Are you guys all feeling big and big juicy naturals? <laughs> That's another funny thing that I've said. Yeah, yeah, we enjoy it. Oh man, I'm feeling good. Clearly, I'm feeling good, even though I'm angry at my fucking nose. I had a cigarette too. Fuck. What a fucking loser. What a loser. <laughs> I just, I don't know, man. Yeah, some some fucking groups of people, I just, I want to fit in. You know, I've realized that. I think the reason I always did drugs and even drank, I just want to fit in, man. I so bad, I just want, and it's not even like people are pressuring me to do it, but it's just like that it's around and that I feel, it's like, oh God, saying I'm yawning, oh my God, my body is rebelling. It's like I just don't want to be sitting there doing nothing. But some, that's okay. You're allowed to sit there and do nothing. You're literally allowed to just sit and not talk to anyone. And no one's going to be like, he's crazy. But you feel crazy. So you roll a cigarette to be like, don't worry, I'm not doing nothing. I'm smoking. And that's cool. So, yeah, my body feels like shit. Fuck, what a week, man. Where do I start? Have you guys seen this? Are you getting these... Do you guys get the same Instagram ads that I do? I keep getting an Instagram ad, and it's just a metal cast, like, two-dimensional, like, a bird with, like, a spike. And the ad is just some person grabbing this thing and hammering it into the side of a tree with a hammer. And that's the whole ad. They do that. And then it's just in the side of the tree. And in the corner, it just says metal bird. (laughs) It's just for that. It's just like, do you want this two dimensional bit of metal that's cut into the silhouette of a bird that you can hammer into the side of a tree? You know, like those insane, like, you know, when you meet someone randomly and they're just like, oh, yeah, I've got, man, I've got like five bikes. Like, you know, I've moved in this house and they're just like the old housemates moved out and they just left all their bikes there. And you're like, dude, do we sell those bikes? Are we going to sell them? And then you just have this like imaginary fantasy 
where you're like, all right, if we sell those bikes, then we can probably make enough money to buy like 10 bikes and then we'll sell those and we'll keep growing and you don't even need to live in that house anymore. We'll just use that share house as like a storage warehouse for all the bikes and in six months, we'll fucking, it'll be sick. We'll have like a business selling bikes and that'll be my life, you know? And then I'll have enough money to move out of my dump of a house, probably meet some gorgeous woman, we'll fall in love, have kids, and teach them all to ride bikes and sell bikes. And that'll be my life, you know? But then after like two seconds, you're like, I don't want to sell bikes, man. <laughs> and I got to fucking do all this other shit around. So I have to get like an ABN and fucking do tax and sign up for like uh, GST and people would be returning the bikes and I'd have to paint them and I don't even like bikes. I'm more of a fucking a Segway guy, you know? I like a motorized motor transport and I'm not selling those. I want to enjoy it. I don't want to turn my passion into my work. So get those fucking bikes away from me, man, and be gone with your harebrained schemes. That's how it normally goes. That's That takes place in your brain in about five seconds. This... Metal bird <laughs> It's just someone Who had that idea And then You know Their parents didn't raise them With a sense of shame And doubt You know Like a healthy person So they've had that idea And then there's not the other part Of their brain to be like No So they're just like Probably they just met someone Who has like a laser cut machine That can cut Fucking metal And they're like Right We've got the machine Now how do we make money out of it and they could, what are those machines not, how are they made? I want to like, let me just read a bit of this thing. I went onto story and then I could, I didn't even want to read it because I was just like, I can't, I don't want to waste it. I want to read it on the pod. So what I'm saying is it's better be fucking good. From humble beginnings to a global art project straight away, man. Metal Bird grew from a New Zealand street art project I started back in 2009. Like, I know it's going to be wholesome and nice. The, the tone of the ads, I think the reason it's so crazy to me is it's like the same, it's like earthy tones. The guy's wearing like a khaki green button-up shirt with the sleeves rolled to the elbows. It's going into a nice tree. It's going into a nice tree, by the way. You're fucking wrecking this tree, you dumb cunt. Trees aren't made to have fucking birds poking out of them. And bits of, you know if you fucking stick that bit of metal into the tree and go through its bark and then take it out, like if you fuck it up or even if you don't take it out, the tree might get an infection and die, you fucking idiot. Why am I angry? I don't care that much about trees. I'm just trying to find something wrong with this. Really, I think I'm jealous because this is the most bullshit. It looks good. I'm not going to lie. The ad looks good. The metal, the coating of it is like nicely, it looks like it's like powder coated or something. And it's just, it's a nice color. It's like a kind of charcoal black or whatever. It fits the earthy tones of the garden. The, the, the birds look nice. They look nice. But it's just like, what is it? Metal Bird grew from a New Zealand street art project I started back in 2009. I created and installed cool metal... All right, man, cool. <laughs> All right, cunt. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I created and installed. I love that he's calling it an installation. You hammered it into the side of a tree. <laughs> does he have to get? Does he have to get like an on-site safety cert <laughs> to hammer it into the side of a tree? Sorry, mate. Have you actually have you done the induction <laughs> into this into this park? Uh, cool metal bird silhouettes around my neighborhood just for fun. You were wrecking people's trees. <laughs> In 2009, the guy looks like he's about our age. So what you're saying is when you were 18, you found all these fucking metal birds. He literally, it's the fucking guy I was talking about before. Back in 2009, that's 13 years ago. That's when you were a kid just for fun. You were, all right. People loved them, wanted them, and 10 years later, Metal Bird has become a global art project. Let me decipher that. I'll read it again. Metal Bird grew from a New Zealand street art project I started back in 2009. I created and installed cool Metal Bird silhouettes around my neighborhood just for fun. People loved them, wanted them, and 10 years later, Metal Bird has become a global art project. What he's saying there, right, is 10 years later. So he's like... I was unemployed, I kept getting fired from jobs and I just couldn't hold a good living down and I remember when I was a kid in fucking tech class in school, our teacher told us to make a bird out of metal and I did and then I didn't know what to do with it my mum didn't want it and I didn't want to chuck it out so I just fuck. I thought it'd be funny to just hammer it into the tree at my local park then an old lady was walking through the park and I was like sitting there one day and I saw her looking at it and she was like, I made that and she was like, oh, that's, that's really nice. That'd be really nice in my garden. And you, you were like, yeah, man, I'll fucking make you one, you old bitch. <laughs> It'd be 200 bucks. <laughs> and then you, you did it and you gave it to her and you're like, what the fuck? I can buy an ounce of weed with this. <laughs> And then you forget, and then you smoked all the weed and you forgot about it and you went and started doing jobs and stuff. And now you're 30 and you're like, fuck, dude, that was the best time of my life. I wonder if there's hundreds of other stupid old women <laughs> out there in the world waiting to buy my birds. <laughs> fuck. Let's read the rest, hey? With the simple tap of a hammer, this beautifully crafted, iconic, lifelike bird silhouette will transform your backyard, garden, or environment into a work of art and put smiles on faces for years to come. Producing locally and ethically is important to us. Us means me. There's no other guy. Each bird is proudly cut and crafted in a small, locally-owned factory out of premium 3 mil Corton steel. We love what we do. We hope it shows. Cheers, Phil, creator of Metal Bird. Like, I mean, good for you, Phil. That's sick, you know? It's nice because, like, yeah, you know, he's made a thing and he's doing it. That's great. But doesn't a small part of you want to just contact him and be like, hey, man, putting these things in the trees is really bad for the trees. You're destroying trees. And if people are going around doing this to trees... Like it could, I don't know. I don't actually think there's, or maybe there's, I reckon there's someone out there who would get fired up about it and I kind of want them to get fired up. I'm not going to do it. I don't care. You know, good for you, man. You're making birds, you're hitting them in the trees, whatever. But you know someone out there 
would get fired up about this and I just want to find that person and show it to them <laughs> and then be like, go like release them into the world like a beautiful bird, like one of these beautiful metal birds <laughs> and be like, doesn't that make you angry that this guy's encouraging people to bang bits of metal into the side of trees? And then they go, yeah, fuck, yeah, man, it fucking does. I need a sip of tea. And then they fight, you know, and then there's a huge, like a Twitter war or whatever. And, oh, well, that was a bit of fun, wasn't it? Oh, my God. I just can't fucking get enough of this guy. This guy's a G, man. Oh, FAQs. All right, I wonder if there's anything in there about about safety and the health of trees. Product installing, ordering, installing. Oh, my God. Oh, here we go. Will the hammering of a metal bird into a tree damage the tree? While anything that breaks the bark of a tree provides an opportunity for infection, in 10 years of running this project around the world, we have yet to hear of a single tree that has died as a result of one of our birds being nailed into it. Our original birds are a decade old and the trees are showing no long-term damage whatsoever. The spike on our birds is driven firmly in with little room to allow for infection over time the tree will seal off around where the bird has been installed to protect itself from disease we're not saying that it's a potential that it's not a potential issue we're just saying that we don't believe it's a big issue our birds look great installed into fences posts or even indoors fuck imagining hammering a metal bird into the drywall in your rental <laughs> 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 that's a kind of litmus test isn't it if your landlord wouldn't be cool with you hammering it into the walls of their house then do you think the tree is going to be chill with you hammering it into the side of the tree it's like what's wrong with fucking trees man maybe i'm the angry guy maybe it literally is me i'm the person that i was making fun of before choose a spot that feels right to you this cunt is fucking full of it man that's why I like him, because he knows that this is bullshit. It's fucking bullshit, man. Metal bird. <laughs> it's unbelievable. I should fucking get him to... I should message him and be like, man, do you want to do paid ads on my podcast? <laughs> oh. Maybe I should just send this podcast to him and be like, hey, dude, I roasted your fucking company for like 10 minutes on my podcast. Do you reckon that would make someone angry? Here we are back again to the idea of how to promote this podcast. Because like, if that guy listens to this, is he angry? I genuinely, I fucking like him, man. I like the hustle. I like the idea of creating a stupid product and then just deciding to believe in it. Like, no one needs this. It doesn't serve any purpose. I guess it looks nice. Like, all th I mean, no one needs this fucking podcast, do they? And it doesn't serve any purpose either. Maybe I should fucking take a, take a, a leaf out of this dude's book. So he's created something that has no purpose. And he's trying to market it to people with slightly too much money. By the way, these things cost... Let me go to the, uh, here, Our Birds. That's what the tab's called, Our Birds. <laughs> it's so good. Bird Life X Metal Bird. He's done, what's he done? Has he done Bird Water Feeder? Oh, that's like a, is that a 3D one? 
fuck? And they got 3D ones and that's got like a little bowl in there for and you get water. Oh man. These birds are gonna be psyched. Gang gang that's this is the one that kills me. Gang gang cockatoo. It's called the gang gang cockatoo. Why? Cause fucking people like saying gang gang, man. What do you want? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean why is it called the gang gang tattoo because when we called it the cockatoo it was selling 10 units a month and now we call it the gang gang cockatoo it's moving like 50 all right fuck off <laughs> and all the other ones don't have names like that it's like he's doing a b testing for branding it's like if gang gang cockatoo starts really selling come back in a month and this website's gonna be full of like the Wu-Tang Kookaburra. <laughs> Why is this so funny to me? <laughs> I'm still going. It's almost been 20 minutes. <laughs> oh my God. What are some other ones? <laughs> the, the, I don't even know enough birds. The Eminem emu. Um, the, the, <laughs> um, I don't know, the Mob Deep, um, the Mob Deep Miner, yep, uh, Cool and the Gang Kookaburra, is a, that's a better one, nah, the Wu-Tang Kookaburra is so funny, <laughs> it's gotta be Wu-Tang, dude, because people who don't know what Wu-Tang is, like Wu-Tang, kitschy people who like you know, wine and cheese and go to fucking vineyards all the time. They buy Wu-Tang shit. Wu-Tang is like, like, like when people go like, oh, you're wearing an ACDC shirt, you don't know any of their music or whatever. Wu-Tang is like that for millennials that, or, or, you know, like the next generation over. You don't need to know Wu-Tang or like Wu-Tang to rep some shit with Wu-Tang on it. And when you buy a house and you need, and you got a, got a fucking tree in your house, and you need to put some silhouette of birds on that tree so that when people come around your house for wine and cheese in the summer and, you know, Stacey needs something to hang her bag off, you go, man, do hang it off of that. And by the way, check out my cool little Wu-Tang kookaburra on the thing. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's this really cool New Zealand artist. It's an international project. He's done them all over the world and I've got one in my house. While exploiting a trademark you know developed by uh poor black kids in the ghetto in new york in the 1990s i know yeah hang your bag off it have another chardonnay i don't care about the exploitation either i genuinely don't care about any of it but i love it the blue wren here's a smart one the sudden bubuk owl and um it's sold, it's like hammered into a tree and behind the tree is like a, it's like this incredible Milky Way picture or whatever. And I'm going to go ahead and say that that is fake. There's no way, <clears throat> if he did, i got to send this to this guy, man. If he did hammer it into a thing, like if he went to some amazing place, that I mean, that's good marketing, isn't it? Like if you're like, what are you doing this summer? Dude, I'm going to Iceland to check out the Northern Lights and take photos and stuff. Oh, yeah? Yeah, man, and I'm going to take, you know that fucking metal bird shit that I've been doing? You know when I bought that ounce years ago, remember? And we smoked it in my mum's shed? 
Yeah, I've doing. Yeah, I'm doing it as a businessman. I oh, know it's fu- dude. Whatever. I just don't want to have a job anymore. And you know, yeah, yeah. The missus' dad. He's in there helping me out. We're using his old workshop. He loves it. We're having a great time. I'm taking one of those birds to Iceland. And then when we get when we watch the Northern Lights, I'm just gonna hammer it into one of the fucking trees and take a few shots to chuck on the website. Yeah, man, dude, people buy them. It's crazy. People are dumb, man. They should do ones of like other. They should do ones of dicks. No, I'm running out of material. I got, I got, I dude. I've had the best fucking week ever, and I'm here talking about Metal Bird for 20 minutes. Oh. You know what? I mean, I'm going to call this episode Metal Bird and I am going to send it to the guy. I'm going to send it to Phil. Has he got a, has he got a, oh, you can create an account. I'm back. (laughs) You can create an account on his website. Rewards. Oh, tell me what the rewards are, Phil. I'll tell you about my week in a second. I fucking swear. Create an account and get 35 points or earn points every time you shop. Redeem points for exclusive discounts. Follow on Instagram, all of these points things, and then how to use your points. 100 points equals five bucks. Dude, holy fuck. So if you, if you review them and add a photo, that's 70 points. Can you get 200 points here? Another 10 to like on Facebook, that's 80. Another 10 for Instagram, another 10 to share, that's 100 Sign up for Texas 20. Leave. Oh, sorry. Video and, and photo and review. Sorry, that's 17 and a review is 25. So that's 95. All right. So you've got 95 points and then you like and share on Facebook and like on Instagram, 125. Uh, sign up for text is 145 and on your birthday, you get 195. And if you create an account, you get another 35. So we're on 230 points and each 100 points is five bucks. So if you share it every, oh no, yeah, $10 off. Oh man, this is what, $5 off 100 points, $10 off 200 points. How much money do you reckon you get off of 400 points? You get 20. At 800, you get 40 off. The point system is incredibly flawed. I should just start a Facebook account with no people on it. And um, and do all that stuff. I'm not going to. You can't kid a kidder, mate. And this guy's kidding me. <clears throat> Give your friends ten dollars off their first order and 120 of 120 plus, and get ten dollars in. Po- fuck, man. This point system, Australian made. I thought you were a keyword. Anyway, fucking shut up, Aiden. Fuck. Metal bird. Metal bird. <laughs> oh my god. It's done. This guy's spending so much money on ads and he's fucking absolutely melted my brain. I've had an amazing week. Did you guys watch the football? Huh? Did you? Did you watch the World Cup? Did you see the greatest of all time? Man, that fucking game was insane. So me and my mate put... We put 50 each. We, we did a split bet of 100 bucks um, at the start of the tournament for Argentina to win because eight years ago in 2014, we bet on them to win the semi and they did and then we bet on them to win the final and they lost. And I just love Messi, man. And I wanted him to win. Like the, the storyline, you know, like I just want to... 
it, it all goes back to that Maradona article that I read years ago when he died a couple of years ago on the podcast. If you haven't, go and read Barney Ronnie's article on The Guardian about Maradona dying. I'll put it in the notes of this. Um, it's one of the most beautiful pieces of writing. Um, definitely football writing, but maybe just writing period that I've read. I love it so much. And there is just... And there's another bit of writing on The, the Guardian as well about the free kick that Roberto Carlos did. Uh, against France in like, was it against France? Was it against Argentina? I reckon it was against France. Whatever. It was a, it was a friendly. Um, it wasn't in the World Cup. Maybe 1997 or 96 or something. And at the end of this article, the guy's talking about how football <coughs> is, um, when you're young, you just love it so much. And you... Like you, you find out about it and you realize you love it and then you just want every bit of information about football. You want to watch everything. You want to know everything, all the history, all this stuff. And um, that day when Roberto Carlos did that free kick, it was so unique. It was like in football as well. It's such a, it's such a chaotic game that there are so many different kinds of goals, but we've been playing it for long enough now that pretty much every kind of goal has been scored. There's no goal that... Like some are better or worse or more whatever than other ones, but you can always look at a goal and be like, that's kind of like that other goal that that guy scored 20 years ago or whatever. But that Roberto Carlos one, dude, it's like a 40-yard free kick outside of the boot. The ball comes out and then halfway along the flight just darts straight back and hits the inside of the upright and goes in. Um, if you haven't seen it, I mean, if you like football, you've seen it. If you haven't seen it, go check out that Roberto Carlos free kick. It's phenomenal. Maybe I'll put that. You know what? I'll write these down. Barney and Rob Carl. I'll put these in the show notes. So that article, um, <clears throat> he talks about how unique the free kick is. And then he says, everyone coming in the next day, um, to school, you know, like just rhapsodizing about it, talking about it, going and like, and they must have been like he said, they were like 10 when that happened. So all of his mates were just losing their minds. And uh, at the time, it felt like a celebration of life and being young. But now looking back, I realize it was also an acknowledgement of growing old because for the first time in our lives, we had seen something and been a part of something that would outlive us. And uh, I think that is that kind of rang true to me, you know, to see something that's so incredible and so great that you know as you're watching it, this thing is going to be talked about and experienced and, and it's going to affect the world for such a long time after I'm dead. It's still going to be, people are still going to be talking about this long after they're done talking about me. And... Uh, it's a really nice way to think of it. And I think that's why I was so excited to watch the grand final and to like so hopeful that I would see Messi win the final of the World Cup because he'd never won before and the story is so perfect. <clears throat> and they were talking about him in terms of like, is he one of the greatest of all time? Does he ascend to that pantheon? And if he wins this game, he will. And... I knew like if I was there watching that, it's just like a thing. Where were you? You know, people are going to talk about, people are literally going to talk about that game 
for the rest of our lives. They will. It was the best final. If you didn't watch it, literally shame on you. Shame, shame. Shame for you. Shame for you. You are shame. Shame for you. I'm sorry for yelling. First half, me and my mate were watching it here at my mum's place in Adelaide where I'm staying. My mum's not here, so we were up. We were just watching it on the big TV. We were like, we'll watch the first half here. And then at half time, we will uh, go into the city and we'll watch it at Sky Casino. And um, that was the perfect choice because we watched it at home and Argentina go 2-0 up. The first goal, penalty, sick. The second goal, fucking just a quick break. Messi starts the break and uh, it was on and Di Maria scored and it just was a beautiful, fluid move. But Argentina were all over them. France were fucked. And even in the second half, it felt like they were maybe clawing their way back into the game, but it just felt like... It just got scrappier and there were not as many chances on goal. <clears throat> and then whenever it was, around 75 minutes, 78 minutes maybe, uh, out of nothing, France got a penalty and pulled one back. And then like a minute later, ran down the pitch and a ball over the top and Mbappe scored a volley to make it 2-2. And that just like, I just wanted Messi to win so bad. And it felt like an injustice. It felt like a gross, just like, why is it? It felt wrong. Stop. Why are they doing this? No, I don't want, Mbappe, I don't want you <coughs> to fucking know. Like, I mean, I was kind of thinking like, because Mbappe is also amazing and he turned 24 the day after the World Cup final. So like, if he had won, and that's two in a row, and he's already won a bunch of French leagues, he hasn't really played for a huge club yet, so and he hasn't won the Champions League. But, like, you know, he might be one of the greatest ever. And in another 10 years, we might be talking about him in the same bracket as Messi and Maradona and Pele. But, you know, right now, it's not about him. It was, like, it's Messi's story. And this is Messi's last chance. And... um I don't know. I just didn't want, it just didn't, even if Mbappe had won, that wouldn't necessarily elevate him to being one of the best ever. It'd just be like, oh, great, he won too. Like, he's still, I don't know. I, I don't know what he would need to do, but he's just not quite there yet. Maybe he's just not as old, or maybe we're just not talking about his legacy yet because he's so young. But anyway, too old, full time. Thank God, full time came and it was like, thank God, man, we need the fucking. We need a breather. And then uh, the second half of extra time, Messi scores a tap in that cleared off the goal line, but it was behind the goal line. So it was a goal, 3-2, and we're like, he's done it. And then another penalty, a fucking stupid handball. What the fuck? These fucking handball rules, man. I don't know. Again, like, I mean, it is a handball, I guess, by the letter of the law, but he's jumping, he's flinging his hand up. He's not trying to handball it. And Mbappe scores the penalty, and then it goes to penalty, and Argentina wins. But that whole time, I was it was shredding my fucking insides, man. I can't imagine what it would have been to be an Argentinian watching that game, how it would have felt. Because, uh, I like, sorry, I wasn't thinking about my money on the game. I didn't really care about the money. It was 50 bucks that I put in. 
we did win, and we went three. We won three hundred twenty-five bucks each, which is fucking awesome. But you know, if we didn't win, I wouldn't have been bummed about the money. I would have been bummed about missing the opportunity to watch one of the great moments in sporting history live and surrounded by other people. The casino was full of fans, man, full of Argentinians. There were French in there as well. When Argentina were winning, it was pretty quiet. And then when France got the two back, I heard the other half of the room go nuts and I was like, oh, they're fucking here. They're fucking in here. And there were a couple Italian dudes that I heard talking and I thought they maybe were speaking like a, you know, I was like, maybe they're Argentinian and they just, I don't understand their accents or something. I wasn't trying to understand them. I was just like hearing them talk and it's, I was like, yeah, maybe that's like some, maybe they're Argentinian. And then they cheered for the French guy and I was like, oh no, they're fucking Italians. But then why would Italy want France to win? Oh, maybe they're just neutrals and they just want, or maybe they were, no, I don't think they were speaking Spanish. Anyway, just seeing the French supporters around or people who wanted neutrals and I was just like man fuck this I hate these people as soon as they cheered as soon as those Italians cheered for France I was like I fucking hate you I'm glad I'm so lucky I'm not like a bigger guy or I would probably be in jail by now <laughs> because the, the the anger and the rage that courses through me when like the tiniest disagreement with something that I care about. I'm just like, and I, you know, if I was a bigger guy, I probably would have gotten used to fighting people. Whereas the fact that I'm a small guy meant that I always had to duck away from fights and physical altercations and shit. Thank God. Because when those guys cheered, every fucking cell in my body was like, you need to punch that guy in the face. <laughs> and my brain was just like, no, 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 you don't do that. <clears throat> just when he turns away, just look at the back of his head and think angry thoughts and hopefully that'll transmit into his mind and he'll have a bad day tomorrow. That's how I fight. But he won, man. And like, I don't know, the, the closing ceremony thing, they put the robe on him. It felt, you know what the weird, it, it didn't feel quite pure, you know, and I guess nothing ever does. But, there was a weird moment that I was watching all the footage the next day, all day yesterday, basically. I was just watching footage from the fucking win. Rewatching it, listening to the pod, the Guardian pod. <sighs> and just trying to feel like I just, I also, I, I so badly want to feel things, you know. I was on the tram going into the city having breakfast to have breakfast tomorrow. And um, tomorrow, yesterday, fuck. And... Uh, watching the videos and stuff and uh, felt the emotion welling up inside me and I did start crying for a bit and me and my girlfriend have this joke because <laughs> her and her sisters, I didn't know this was a thing that all of them did but um, something like her sister hurt herself, like hurt her foot on a night out and had to go to A&E and, &E and um, my girlfriend was making fun of her sister for being so dramatic and she goes, look how dramatic she is and she turns her phone. Her sister is in A&E and has sent to their whole family group chat, all sisters and parents, a selfie of her face with just a single tear <laughs> rolling down her cheek. <laughs> Which is so funny. It's so funny. 
to be like, look, look at, look at how much of a bad time I'm having and take a photo of yourself crying. That's the most manipulative, manipulative shit I've ever seen in my life and I love it. Sorry, I think I've done this whole podcast without taking a single fucking breath, haven't I? Metal bird, metal bird. <laughs> um, so yesterday on the tram, I'm watching the videos and I started crying and a tear went down my cheek and I was like, quick, Aiden, grab it. And I chucked my phone on, on photo, but it was already in my beard. So I took the photo. Oh, that's going to be the photo for this week's podcast is me crying. There we go. Yeah, is my tear. You can kind of see me crying and you can see where the tear got stuck in the start of my beard on my cheek. Um, but I zoomed in and put a red circle around it and sent it to my girlfriend. I was like, look, I'm crying. Where? Yeah. Um, but the thing that really weirded me out a little bit was, have you guys ever seen the movie? Um, oh, fuck. What's it called? The da- No, that Will Smith movie uh, where, where there's like a plague and all the fucking cunts turn into, oh, God. Will Smith zombie movie. I am legend. Thank you. <laughs> you guys are probably all like, it's I am legend, Aiden. It's fucking I am legend. Hurry up. So um, I'm sorry for fucking, I'm sorry for my snotty booger nose, by the way. So uh, have you guys seen, yeah, if you, I am legend, right? There's that scene when he goes... His dog runs away from him. That's the scariest movie to me because those monsters are just so scary because they're like humans and they're like, ah, they're like zombies, but I don't know. It's still, they're kind of human enough that they really scare the shit out of me. And there's the scene where his dog runs away and he has to go find his dog. And um, he's scared and he's got his gun and he's flashing the light everywhere and he flashes the light into this room and... Um, all the monsters are there and they sleep during the day. So they're all there and he sees them and they're kind of sleeping, but they're sleeping in this way that they're like, cause I guess their breathing's really quick. So all their shoulders are going up and down and I, I can never shake the thought when you see that, that it looks like they're standing in a circle masturbating. They're all just like naked men standing in a circle like, <laughs> cause that's how they sleep. And they're all sleeping standing up. It's fucking weird, but it's a terrifying scene. <clears throat> and there's footage from the halfway line when Argentina win the penalty shootout. And Messi, I think it's Messi, lets out this scream that's just like, ah! it's like It's like delight and joy and relief and like a release of pain and everything. It's really an incredible moment. And he falls to his knees and he stretches his hands out wide and someone comes and hugs him. And then a bunch of other guys run back who ran up and they they run back and they come up and hug him as well. And then there's like eight or nine guys and their heads are all, they're all on their knees and all their heads are like all together in the middle of this throng. And they're all like screaming, crying. And the sound, because it's muffled, because they're all screaming into the middle of the circle, it's like, it just, it's a really creepy video. I, I actually don't like it. I was looking for stuff that I was like, going to make me feel, you know, good and be able to co-opt the emotion that those players were feeling when they won the World Cup and achieved this dream 
of theirs for their whole lives since they were kids and messy and the fulfillment of his dream. And that video, they're just the muffled screams of it. It's fucking gross, man. <laughs> they and they start kind of screaming in unison. They're like. <laughs> It's like they're all coming. It sounds like they're all coming at the same time. And I don't want that. I don't want them to come. I just want them to cry in front of the camera and hug their mums and shit. Don't come. Don't win the World Cup and then come. That's gross, dude. Have some fucking shame. I wonder how much they all did come that night. I want, if you win the World Cup, is your partner like, go on, dude. Go and have sex with every woman tonight. One night. You get one night, just do it. And you're like, mm, thank you, baby. <laughs> what do you do? What's that party look like? You build your life, you spend your whole life, and then in one night you just fucking destroy everything. That'd be good, wouldn't it? Do I want to tell more stories? I've got so many more fucking stories from this week. Maybe I'll just go over it quickly because I can't believe I spent 20 minutes talking, talking about fucking Metal Bird because in the last week, I've said goodbye to my girlfriend, not going to see her for four and a half months, and uh, then the next day, drove the hire car from Darwin down to Catherine, did a show in Catherine. I thought that show was going to be garbage at the start of the night. I thought it was going to be so bad. I was hating it. No one was going to come. And we set the room up and oh, it was so funny actually. The venue was, they charged us fucking 500 bucks for their shit venue. They really screwed us. It's a long story, but they were being very unreasonable and just I think trying to make money out of us and um, charged us 500 bucks for this room when their regular price is like less than half that. So we got in there and they had all these floodlights in the room. It's like a conference room. And we turned them in one direction um, to face the stage. And then all the other ones, I said to the manager, can we get some alfoil and I'll just cover them up. So we covered up all the ones that we weren't using to make the rest of the room dark and had two on the stage that were light. And then um, like 10 minutes later, all the lights were out and all the bits of alfoil were really hot. And I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Did we just blow their lighting system? And... Um, the manager came in and she was like, oh, maybe it overheated them. Have you done that before? And I lied and was just like, oh, yeah, I do this all the time. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's definitely not that because I do this all the time and it's chill. Um, and just like got them off real quick and fucking scrunched the alfoil up, put it in my bag so that there wouldn't even be any evidence that we did that. Hope there's no cameras in the room and then just fucking did the show and got the fuck out of there. Didn't talk about it again. We definitely blew their lights. <laughs> Fuck you for charging us 500 bucks. Dude, their fucking price to hire the venue for dinner for one night was like 230 bucks. But then on the phone, uh, on the email, sorry, uh, my mate Ty, Ty Gray, who I was touring with, set up the show and he said they were like, oh yeah, but you know, it's going to be, if there's a function in there with 100 people, our car, our car park will be really busy. So we got to charge you 500. It's like, one, it won't be because we're not going to sell that many tickets. Two, what the fuck do you have a car park for, you fucking cunts? They were just trying to make money. We were literally in there for fucking two, three hours. Three hours max. Absolute max. Oh, nah, but like, come on, man. <laughs> cunts. 
So yeah, suck shit. I hope your lighting thing costs fucking exactly the difference between what you charged us and what a one night's hire would be. Um, then we uh, drove down to Tennant Creek the next day. Seven hundred, seven hundred. No, how far? How far is it? How far? Okay, Google. What's the distance between Catherine and Tennant Creek in the Northern Territory, Australia? What? Hurry up. Oh, fuck you. Catherine, voice search has been turned off. How dare you? Let me turn it back on then. Let me turn. Now it's just taking me to this. Oh, fucking, I hate you. Okay, Google. How far is it from Catherine to Tennant Creek driving? 674 k's via the Stewart Highway. Seven hours. So that was the second day of driving. And um, this was cool. I've been telling people this. We stopped in at this town called Larimer. That there's a podcast about one. There's 12 people in the town. And like five years ago, one of them went missing. And then all the people in the town were suspect. And there's like a true crime podcast investigating it. And... um, like one lady in the town is kind of crazy and she makes pies and another guy was like, I reckon he ki- she killed her. Or she killed the guy and put him in the pies because they didn't like each other and whatever. It's this whole thing. We stopped in at the town. Um, the people work in the pub there. The town is just a pub that a few years ago, the guy who used to own it painted it pink because he thought it would get more people to stop there. And it's just, it's a pub and then a few, there's like a crocodile cage, like a little crocodile in a cage and a, emu and a few other animals and then there's like maybe 10 houses and five of them are abandoned um that's the whole town so we stopped in there we talked to the people who um work at that pub they don't own it but they've been there for like a couple months and we chatted to them and they were lovely and uh had a coffee and then got back on the road drove all the way down to Tennant creek so that larimer is like an hour hour and a half south of catherine so another five six hours to Tennant creek and then we did our show in Tennant Creek. Such a cool show, man. We accidentally booked a 500-seat venue called the Civic Hall. And we'd sold six tickets at the start of the day. By showtime, we'd decked the uh, the, the foyer of the theatre out for a show. Set up our own lighting, sound, everything. Had some help from some locals. It was awesome. Bought some beers to give out to people. And then... Uh, did the show in there to 20 people eventually showed up, which was great. And I was saying at the start of the show, man, you fucking, we just drove through Larimer, that town where the guy died and na na na. And a couple of like this old lady at the back stood up and just went, um, we own that pub. I was like, what? She's like, yeah, we own that pub in Larimer, the Pink Panther. I was like, no fucking way, man. And everyone laughed and it was great. And then I thought to get a guaranteed laugh, I was like, oh, we were just at Daily Creek as well. Someone owned that pub in here. I bet one of you guys owns that pub too. And they didn't laugh. They just looked at me like, no, Aiden, what? What? Of course not. That's so far away. <laughs> All right, Tennant Creek. And then drove down to Alice Springs the next day. Drove an hour and a bit in the dark to get to our accommodation and only just got there before the receptionist knocked off at 10 o'clock. Got into our accommodation, woke up at six the next day, drove to Alice Springs just in time to get Ty on his plane because he had to go to a wedding the next day on Saturday in uh, in Apollo Bay just out of Melbourne. And then Friday night did two shows in Alice Springs with Amy Hetherington, Biddy O'Loughlin, 
uh, Gary, can't remember his last name, and another couple people, whatever. Great comics. Everyone was awesome. The audience was audiences were sick. Um, and then Saturday flew into Adelaide. And then I've just, you know, Sunday, Saturday chilled out, played Civ all day. Sunday, went, saw my mates, took drugs, watched the World Cup final, saw Messi, saw a moment that I'll remember for the rest of my life and still at the start of this podcast, I spent 20 minutes talking about Metal Bird. I think I am. I'm going to message that guy, man. I have to. I have to, don't I? I'm going to message that guy and be like, hey, man, I have a podcast and... You know, I don't know if you like this kind of shit, but I just spent the first 20 minutes of it just ripping on your fucking, <laughs> on your company. So like, if you're into that, check it out. <laughs> and I'll let you guys know how it goes. Oh, that's the pod. That's it for this week. Hey, eh? pretty good. Bit of fun. I hope you guys are enjoying it. I hope you guys are having a good time. By the way, if you donated to the crowdfunder for the documentary, I have the postcards. And I've started writing them. So I'll probably write a few more today and then send them uh, a bit later on when I leave the house. Um, yeah, so if your name is in the first half of the alphabet, you'll probably get your postcard quicker than if you're in the second half of the alphabet. Um, thanks again to everyone who donated. Uh, I've got the final drafts of those coming through pretty soon. So anyway, if you're liking the podcast, give us a five-star review on iTunes and Spotify. I would love that. Go on and do it. Don't be a dog. And other than that, thank you guys very much for listening. Merry Christmas to you, and I'll uh, I'll talk to you next week. There's been Aiden Jones sitting under a tree. Peace. <laughs>